you've reached the Health Fit NZ podcast, here to motivate and educate you to be a fitter and healthier version of yourself. This is a mother and daughter collab. I'm your host, Bianca Prentice, and I'll be sharing with you the chats I have with my mum, Carolyn Edwards, and other special guests. Feel free to subscribe and share this podcast, as well as following us on social media to stay connected and up to date with everything health fit. Thanks so much for joining us. This is our first Health Fit podcast, which is really exciting. You have me and my wonderful mother, Carolyn Edwards, here. Um, my name is Bianca, and we are very excited to be starting this um, podcast with you today. Uh, today, we're actually going to be talking about being consciously proactive when it comes to your health. And like I said, I have my mum here with me today. And the great thing about mum is she has been in the health and wellness industry for over 30 years now. And she is a wealth of knowledge I know because I have lived with her for many years you don't need to know how many years that is <laughs> but she has overcome many health challenges and to put it lightly she truly loves people and and loves to educate people in health as well and she's going to share with us her story today so you may so well just take the show and start and just share with us your journey about breast cancer and um, what went on for you. Okay, thank you so much, Bianca. <laughs> and it's such a pleasure to be on here. I've never done a podcast before, so this is very exciting. Yes, it is. Um, so let's take the clock back then about, my goodness, I, I think it's nine years in April. It was actually my wedding anniversary almost mm. nine years ago when I got the diagnosis that I had breast cancer. And to be honest, it wasn't a shock because I had felt a lump, which were, had been there for about 18 months. And I just did something really dumb and I didn't get it checked out. When I went for the biopsy and I was sitting on the end of the phone, the nurse and the doctor's surgery was like, do you need a support person with you? And I'm like, no, just tell me. <laughs> and so she said, yes, look, I'm sorry to let you know, Carolyn, but you have been diagnosed with breast cancer. So the test had come back. And I sort of sat there for a few moments in, uh, I don't know. It was, it was a moment in time that was scary. And so I sat there for a little while and then I rang my husband. I'd made an appointment to go and see the specialist. And I think we went to see him the next day and I got the diagnosis and I was rather lucky in the fact that my breast cancer at the time wasn't that aggressive. So it had been confined to, um, it had spread into two cells and the doctors here wanted to, um, well, I had to have a mastectomy. I had to have my breast removed. There wasn't an option there and I didn't need radiation if I had the, the breast off. But 
I had been in the wellness industry for, I think, 11 years. Well, um, with a couple of different aspects of wellness with um, a certain company for about 11 years. And I knew of a clinic in Mexico that I really wanted to go to. So I had a an insurance policy. So it was a an insurance policy that paid out if I had a diagnosis, which enabled me to jump on a plane and go to a facility in Mexico where it was a hospital, so they, they did operations there. They didn't do um, things like radiation or chemotherapy or anything like that, but it was a diagnostic facility. It was a detox facility. It was a clinic that was really going to look deep inside in all aspects of my body and my emotions and try and identify why I ended up where I did. So I spent four weeks, almost four weeks there. The first part of my journey was really looking at different aspects of my body. Um, they did a lot of blood tests and and sampling and psychological testing. And then I was put through some rather intensive detoxification. I had my own personal trainer. I had massage. I had all sorts of things that really started to help um, support my immune system. I was given lots of intravenous vitamin C and a number of other things to to start looking at my supporting my immune system there and then I had the operation and I spent probably another couple of weeks there healing and then I came home now people think I'm really weird Bianca when I say it was one of the best things that ever happened to me which <laughs> sounds a little bit crazy yeah. cancer it's the best thing that's ever happened to you but it really opened up my mind and my world to the need for us to be proactive, that our body is a miracle if it is looked after, mm. you know, if it's supported, if it's, um, if it's toxic, if it's not fed properly, if its emotions are all out of whack, it can get in trouble. Like dis-ease, even mm. the word mm -hmm. to me is like the body is not at ease. Mm. So um, the experience for me was that I was able to really look at, well, why did I end up there and know and learn some skills so that when I came home, I was able to make some changes to ensure that I didn't get back there again. So that was in short, maybe we can dive deeper into some of the things that I learned there. Um, but that was for me, my experience, I came back a new woman, one breast less, <laughs> but I, I then, you know, adopted a different way of being, living mm -hmm. and eating and everything changed mm -hmm. when I came back. Even though I'd been in the wellness industry for 11 years prior, I guess now I look back and I think I was a hypocrite mm -hmm. that I was out there talking to people about being proactive with their health and what that involved and Yet I was going home and at nighttime winding down. I was a classic rushing woman syndrome. Mm. I'd wind down in the evening with wine. I'd wake up with a coffee. Mm. So I was drinking way too much wine, way too much coffee. And those two things in themselves were contributing to where I ended up. Mm. So hopefully that was helpful yeah and learning a little bit more about me yeah that is really really helpful and um such an impacting story and obviously there's so much within that and we are gonna unpack that over the coming weeks in different ways and mm -hmm. um but you talked a little bit about how it wasn't a shock for you yeah um what did you mean like that? Like, did you have any suspicion at mm -hmm. all about having breast cancer and I did. As I said, well, I 
certainly didn't have a family history in that area, not that I know of, not in my immediate family anyway, but I felt a lump. I mean, that was my my um, prompter that something needed checking. And I've only got small breasts anyway, so it wasn't hard for me to find that. And I just let it go. I was very stressed at the time. I was going through a financial, um, I was going through a time when finances were, were not the best. And I guess there were lots of other priorities that came up instead of me looking a little bit closer at what was happening with my body. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of a shout out there. If any woman out there feel anything in their breasts that is even slightly suspicious, just go and get it checked. Yeah. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Yeah. If I had had a more aggressive form of cancer, Mm -hmm. I could have been in serious trouble Mm. by then after 18 months. What would you do if you needed to go get your breast checked? Would you just go to your doctor or...? Um, obviously, yes, I've got a great doctor in Whangarei who is very um, supportive of me making my own choices. Mm. I'm a strong believer in, in a um, imagery, um, something called thermography. Yeah. So I went and had a thermogram. Yeah. And that was where there was a cost to the thermogram. If at my age, mammograms were free, mm-hmm. I believe, if I waited. I had to pay for a thermogram. But the day that I went in and had that test, which is non-invasive, it's just I sit there with my top off and they, mm. it's like they're taking a photo image of yes, my breasts. Had one. All right. Yeah. And um, it came back, that 12 o'clock left breast suspicious area, mm. um, exactly the, the position where my breast cancer ended up being mm. found. Um, and they also said that my right breast needed attention, that it was very, um, there were like, fibroids like I'm not even sure what a fibroid is but I think it's like um just lumpy breasts and that my overall breast health wasn't particularly good yeah and so when I went to my GP and then he sent my results off to the specialist he did a needle biopsy 12 o'clock left breast and that's Mm. where they found the lump Mm. so um so no matter what your choice is and I do say from a woman to other women, it is your choice what diagnosis. Um, in some instances, you may have to pay, but it's worth it to find out, you know, what's happening rather yeah. than putting it off. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, this podcast is obviously also for men to listen out there. Yes, yes. Um, but obviously, <laughs> the topic does encompass breast health, which is yeah. why we went down that that road. Uh, sorry, breast cancer, not breast health. Yes. Well, they they go hand in hand. <laughs> that's don't they? right. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bit that impacted, um, I guess, me the most, knowing you and having been a part of that story with you, is the knowledge that you gained. After the fact, you know, what was it that the doctors told you that really, um, I guess, encouraged you to live this new lifestyle Mm -hmm. from here on out? Okay. Well, the facility that I went to, as I said, a lot of what they did was diagnostic. And they were looking at my emotions. They were looking at, so I had lots of therapy around, was I holding on to any negative emotions in any way and I I had some to Mm. be sure so that was sort of dealt with at the time and the other aspect and I'm not sure what the test itself was but I had a genetic test that came back and said that my liver function was weak in the detoxification so um, what that meant for me was that the liver is an incredibly important organ in the body and does a lot of the detoxification and my liver didn't work as well as the next person now I didn't have liver disease I didn't have anything wrong with it as such it just doesn't detoxify as well as 
many. And if I look back, there were symptoms around that for so many years. If I drank too much alcohol, like, you know, people would get hangovers. I would be vomiting for 24 hours mm. if I overindulged in alcohol, whereas that's not really normal. But I always thought it was just me, you know. But now I realize it was my liver. My mm. liver was trying to get rid of the poison mm. that I'd overindulged in. So knowing now that I have a liver that needs a little bit more support than most, there are things that I can do. So things like don't drink alcohol if I can avoid it. I mean, I, I don't. I'm certainly not alcohol free. I was for about six years. But I don't overindulge and I don't do it consistently. Mm. Um, before this, it was nothing for me to have five cups of coffee a day. And now I'll have one coffee most days, mm. a good coffee. So even those two things, no we alcohol. We all like good coffee. Yeah, say. we all like good coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, um, in excess, I was having mm. lots of both which put a lot of um, stress on my liver because the liver had to detoxify that from my system. Mm. And at the time, this is what they told me, that I was 51 years of age when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. My estrogen, which I was dominant, so I had a lot of estrogen in my body, and I had lots of wine in my body and lots of coffee in my mm. body. So my liver had to choose which of those substances it was going to detox. So it detoxed the wine and the Crazy. coffee and the estrogen was then recirculated into my body unprocessed or it hadn't finished the process of detoxification. Wow. And that's what they said. So I had a cancer that was estrogen dominant, which so again, if we are thinking about that, we mm. need to, you know, supporting the liver. Other things I would do would be now, I didn't before, but I eat a lot of cruciferous vegetables like broccoli mm. and cauliflower, mm. um, also Brussels sprouts and those kind of things are really good for the liver, for the liver detoxification, lemon juice in water. So, and I also add a supplement which has got, a, I think it's milk thistle base, yeah. which again is liver support. So, what I do today versus what I did 10 years ago is massively Huge. different. Yeah. yeah. yeah wow. So, I now know that my liver is being supported a lot better than it was. I just think that's so amazing that you mm. can go through a journey like that and then they're able to almost tell you in a sense why, that ended up there. why you actually got breast cancer yes. Yes. or because you had some tests to get to know My your body, body mm -hmm. that you genetically inherited a weak liver yes. in essence, right? Exactly. Yeah, yes. I just yes. think that's incredible. And so I guess for the listeners out there, what do we do to get to know our body more? Like, mm -hmm. what is it that we can do to, I guess, gain that that knowledge before anything was to happen, you know, okay. so that we can be really looking after our bodies and our life? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess even though my liver, Bianca, is weaker than others as far as the detox, but everybody has a liver mm. and everybody's liver does the same job. Mm. So I guess anyone that drinks lots of coffee, lots of wine of is putting themselves yeah. at risk, mm -hmm. really. Yeah. So... That's why, you know, the title of what we're talking about really around um, is being proactive rather than reactive. Yeah. Don't wait until your body is in dis-ease. Mm. You know, don't wait till it's really unhappy. Yeah, yeah. Um, be proactive now so it doesn't get there. But I think, you know, there are signs. You know, for me, I didn't really have any sign other than a lump. But that's a sign. Mm. So feel a lump, go to the doctor. Yeah. But what if you're just feeling tired mm. or um, 
you get all the infections that are going around or the you know you get a cold every couple every couple of months or um or you just feel inflamed mm. or you feel really stressed stress is majorly bad mm. for us yeah um obesity you know being yeah. overweight inactive yeah you know all these kind of things yeah. um you you can feel when something's going on in your body if you listen to it so being like proactive with our health, mm-hmm. would you say, is about becoming more educated? Yes. Yeah, around yeah. the topic of health, which obviously they're already doing. Exactly, listening, listening to our wonderful podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know you've got some real key areas mm-hmm. around proactive health and what we can be doing day to day. Yes. In our lives. Can you? I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it's really sad to me that people go to the doctor when they're sick. Yeah. Right. So. I hate um, that. Yeah. Like I talk to people all the time and I, you know, because I've obviously grown up in a home where health and wellness is talked about all the time and mm-hmm. you stumble across conversations and then I bring up a new angle and that it's like people have never heard about it before or thought you know why do I put a certain cream on my body or all this stuff or or drink the water they're drinking it's like stuff that people do every day but they don't think about it and I guess it's because of the education that I have absorbed over the years without even knowing it absolutely yeah and it's it's really great so tell us tell us about emotional health okay like that's obviously a real key area on the way that we can be proactive with our health yes what does that look like okay well I mean really the body has this amazing um pharmacy Mm. on the inside where it can spit out things um, to help to do all sorts of jobs within the body but when we are crippled emotionally you know some people are are just truly broken down emotionally because of you know circumstances what's happened in their life others think they're okay and um, but I think you know we tend and I think everybody does this Bianca I think we cover emotions you know, I, you know, that something will happen in, in someone's life and they'll hold it inside and they'll, um, particularly when it comes to unforgiveness mm. or fear or trauma, mm. and we lock the emotion inside the body and it stays there yep. and it festers and it, mm. and then thoughts will, will come up in the, in the mind and will be feeding those negative emotions. So one of the first things when I went to the clinic that I was sent off to the psychologist and I remember we went through this therapy session where she was getting me to do all these weird things and mm. I thought, oh, this is very weird. You know, I had to put these little stick people on a table and one had to represent my mom and my dad and my mm. siblings and my children and the sizes mattered and all sorts of mm. things. But And then something came up and I, I was... I felt like crying and I suppressed it. And the the psychologist was like, let it go, Mm. you know, because you've got to let emotions out. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not a psychological coach or a therapist, but seek out. If you feel that you have emotions that you've locked inside, that you've covered up, that you've pushed down, they need to be dealt to. Mm. And so seek out whatever help is required to, um, deal with that emotional baggage let's mm. just call it so that you can be free mm. and you can move on and you can and your health can thrive well it's scientifically proven isn't yes. it that it affects us well thoughts create feelings Bianca yeah so um so it's like it's a 
yeah, if you, you're dealing with unforgiveness or yeah. anything, you know, just yes. resolve it. Do everything you can to yeah. get free from that. To get free from it, absolutely. And another aspect, I think, of emotional health is laughter. Yeah. And I think we've just come <laughs> through a really bad year. If I mean, it's 2021 now, but Thank last year goodness. was probably not the best year in the world for most. No. Um, and I think so many people would focus on negative stuff, what was happening around the world, and, and it would just feel yourself. When, you, when you're thinking about bad things, your body changes. Mm. It's like it's it just goes into this dark place, I think. You know, that's how I feel. So um, laughter, I think, is one of the best medicines you can find because there is, again, it releases chemicals within the body um so sometimes it's just a matter of like i'm sure you and i could get into laughter quite easily here I oh mean, yeah you just look at someone else to laugh and yeah, <laughs> we do yeah. but i mean laughter is so cheap mm. and so good for us yeah and even if it comes down to you just going into your bedroom looking in the mirror and rolling up your your mouth i thought you're gonna then, say and laugh at yourself or something yes no that's exactly <laughs> what i'm gonna say and just laugh out loud at yourself do you know what makes me laugh me confused people oh, right. when someone is confused it is the most hilarious thing in the world right okay. <laughs> but yeah but i mean that is part of the whole emotional thing if you laugh more oh yeah lose it people. yeah lose absolutely it. lose it every day and you're doing well that's right <laughs> um no i do really love that so emotional health is yes. obviously to do with the mind the thoughts forgiveness laughter all that kind of thing yes um i know another key area is like relaxation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, stress, which I mentioned before, is a big killer. Mm. And it's like, you know, we're using hormones today that should really only kick in when our life's in danger or we're starving. Mm. And But now people are, are going into that um, those emo- that emotional bank by just driving in Auckland traffic. It's <laughs> like, so we've got to find ways to calm mm. ourselves down. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, for me... I don't believe in stress anyway. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good, good, good. There should be more people like you. But, but I mean, it, it can be as simple as just focusing on breath. You know, rather than focus on all the negative things and my bills and all the things that could be dragging you down and making you feel stressed, take that focus away to your breath and just do some diaphragmatic breathing. Breathe like a baby. Mm. Babies breathe through their stomachs. So mm. it's like just laying down well, and just... don't try- we like... Most people, a lot of people just are used to doing short breaths. Short breaths, yeah, which is not good for one's health. So you've got to train yourself to do Breathe what? deeply. Yeah. So, to, and again, you can look up on Google, I'm sure, diaphragmatic breathing, how mm. do I do it? Because what that does, it's oxygenating your body. It's getting oxygen into your bloodstream and, it, again, another really positive thing mm. toward health. Yet most Apparently, people... it's even a, um, helps you lose weight, oh, all sorts of absolutely. things. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. but most people don't do it. They're shallow breathers, like you said. Mm. So that can be another major. Well, that's um, a whole other topic, isn't it? Because is. I know shallow breathing and, and yeah. the effect that that can even have on your body is... Oh, yes, yeah. it's big. Mm. It is big. What about um, like the whole topic of detoxifying? Yes. Yeah. Oh, another pet project, another huge. pet subject of mine, Bianca. Yeah. Um, <laughs> toxicity. You know, I I heard something a couple of years ago, and it was something like this, that the average teenage girl 
puts 13 chemicals on her body before she leaves the house. It's crazy. It is. Now, everything that comes in a bottle, unless it's toxic, chemical-free, L'Oreal sulfate-free, etc., has chemicals. Mm. And, you know, you might go in the shower and your shampoo, conditioner, body lotion, or, you know, shower gel, then you get out and you're putting hair product on, you're putting makeup on, you're putting toxic perfume, Mm. toxic substances under your arms, Mm -hmm. maybe some fake tan all over your body. Chemicals... If, if we apply something to the skin, now medicine's proven this with nicotine patches and quite often they administer drugs through patches now. Mm-hmm. So if we apply something to the skin, the skin is part of the body. It's an organ which will suck up the chemical and transport it throughout the body. So I'm not saying you can take out all the chemicals in the world, but start looking at, well, oh, is that a chemical product I'm putting on my skin? Because there are so many good products out there now that don't contain chemicals. Mm. So there's chemicals in the products that we put on our body. There are chemicals in the environment. So we could start looking at, well, what cleaning products do I use? Mm. Do I use fly spray or, or things like that? Do I go to the swimming pool swimming pool every day and, and jump in chlorine? All of these things... I guess it's the overload of chemicals. Do I go to an organic hair salon? Do I go to a... Hello? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody, Bianca's a hairdresser, organic (laughs) salon. But but also Mm. things like food, right? Now, do they spray our crops? Mm -mm. And Mm. if we're buying commercially grown fruit and veggies, yes. So there's another chemical. What about when we buy things in packets? What are those numbers on the back, Bianca? Well, even the spray thing, right? Like, I know um, family members who have worked in with, with kiwi fruits and everything. Oh, right, yeah. They no. have to wear full, like, um, suits that look like you're about to go to space. Yes. Um, just because well, it's so spraying. dangerous. Yes. You can't touch the chemicals. that They're spraying directly onto our kiwi fruits, which yeah. that skin is so soft yeah. <laughs> and must absorb all those, all those chemicals. Things, yeah. Like, it's horrific. But if you take the clock back, Bianca... A number of decades, like when your great grandmother was mm-hmm. alive, those chemicals didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So you see, the world has changed. Yeah, anything in moderation is okay, but I think it's that overload of toxicity that impacts our health. So everybody, clean it up a little bit. Clean yeah, up yeah. your personal home and lifestyle. Well, you do say a few changes <laughs> make the world, world a of difference. difference. <laughs> <laughs> so just a couple more, and mm-hmm. uh, which is both physical health and food yes physical exercise you mean as far as being active Mm -hmm. I think don't do something you don't love like I'm not going to run a marathon I don't enjoy (laughs) that 102 k's anyway (laughs) not like your husband but no but even the whole experience of running I am 60 as well so I guess my joints are not necessarily the joints they were when I was 20 I don't enjoy running certainly not long distances never have doesn't bring me joy, would make me stressed. So why would I do that? But I like to do Zumba. I like going to the gym. Mm -hmm. I like walking briskly. I like um, rowing. I like riding a a bicycle. I don't like swimming. So the key is to choose something that gives you a bit of a workout so your heart starts to beat quicker. Mm. And muscles are really important. Stretching is really important. So if you find something or even start your exercise with a really good stretch, Go for a walk that's really brisk. Come home and, and lift some light weights. But exercise. We need to keep exercising. Even at my age and way beyond, I'm, mm. I'm planning on continuing to exercise. Another really important aspect of health. Yeah. 
And then the lastly was the food. Food. Yeah. Let food be thy medicine. Mm. And um, I guess I believe, thinking of our great-grandmother again, Mm -hmm. to think about how our forefathers ate. They ate real food. So there's different different thoughts around, I know your husband Andy's a vegan. Mm-hmm. I know there are people that um, do all sorts. There's lots of different ways to eat healthy. and um, But I think for me personally, it's eating real food as much as possible. And eat lots of fresh fruit and veggies that are organic, spray-free. Try not to grab things in packets. Like, for example, my mother was a diabetic, a type 2 diabetic, and people will say, well, I I have a strong, um, it's probably a strong possibility that I could become a diabetic. I disagree if I break the cycle. If I don't eat the way my mother ate, if I don't exercise the way my mother didn't, <laughs> then my chances of becoming a type 2 diabetic are probably very slim. So, yes, just eat well. Mm. Eat real food and try not to... Um, eat foods that have been sprayed and just within that too like do you believe in supplements I do I believe in supplements because of the world we've created Mm -hmm. I mean we live in New Zealand and the soils in New Zealand are quite depleted of some essential nutrients a lot of people stay inside too much when they need sunlight we go out in the sun we put we're told to put chemical sunblock on our body Mm -hmm. so um, I believe that topping up a healthy lifestyle, good food is wise in this world for our body to get the micronutrients that it needs on a daily basis to thrive. Mm. Mm. No, that's good. Well, thank you everyone for being with us today. Did you have any, sorry, last thoughts before? I don't think close? so. I think we've covered a lot today. We really have. <laughs> it's been so much fun. But hey, honestly, do connect with us if you have any questions at all um, or any hot topics you'd like us to share on. Uh, we have a lot coming your way anyway. Um, but, yeah, just connect with us on social media. That's the best way to do it. Um, but other than that, we will look forward to hanging out with you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye now. Bye.